you know, one of these days I'm going to actually pay somebody or make a real like podcast bumper. You know, one of those really cool bumpers where it's, it's got the guy with the super sweet voice and he comes in and he's like, he's like, it's the Dirt Bike Channel podcast, the place you go for everything, you know, cool. Won't that be awesome when I get that? That will be super. What I want everyone to do right now is just pretend that you're listening to like some dude that's like got really cool music and it's like the stylized thing and ever everything and it's the way that the show gets introduced and you play it on the you know it's bumper it's bumper stuff it's, it happens at the beginning it happens at the end it introduced the podcast host without him having to introduce himself because how lame would that be imagine if i had to sit here every week or every episode and introduce myself like i'm doing right now how embarrassing anyway that's what's happening right now i'm introducing myself my name is kyle i am the producer of this podcast, right? I'm the producer of the Dirt Bike Channel online and all this other stuff, and I'm going to jump right into it. Today, we are going to talk about if you could only have one bike, okay? So I get this question a lot. People email me questions like this or surround kind of in this, in this arena, this genre of, hey, if you could only have one dirt bike, what would it be? Well, <laughs> Uh, if you paid attention to the channel, you, you'll probably notice that there's a certain type of dirt bike or, or a genre of dirt bike that I pretty much have all the time. And then I'm testing these other, these other bikes on top of it, you know? Um, so without spoiling, I will get into that. And we're going to talk about exactly what bike I think I would use if it was my only bike, that it was the only one that I could ride. Now, I also want to say that I could be happy on a lot of bikes. There's a lot of really, really good bikes. And the more you ride one bike, the more you get used to it and you more, the more you get accustomed to it and the more you start to jive and gel with that bike. And so I can be happy with a lot, but there, I have a preference, uh, obviously, and I have some that I, I seem to gel with more than others. And, and I'm sure you do too. So, um, I just kind of put some notes down as I was, I was contemplating doing this uh, podcast here. You know, if you're, if you're just going to have one bike, this is really the biggest determining factor here is where are you going to ride that? You know, where are you going to be riding it and, and what are you going to be doing with the bike? So what I mean by that is if you live in an area of the country or an area of the world where you have to be street legal on the bike to connect the trails in order to do any riding, um, then a four stroke dirt bike might, you might be better off with a four stroke. I mean, I mean, maybe not now with the TPI bikes, uh, with the TPI two strokes, because you can just go to the gas, uh, pump and, and pump them full of fuel with just pump gas right there. But I, I just, I don't like the idea. I don't love the idea of riding long distances on the road at a constant RPM on a two stroke. Um, I don't like the idea of riding on the road for a long time on any dirt bike. I anyway, because that means I'm going to need DOT or street legal tires and street legal tires suck in the dirt. So, you know, but, but if you did live in an area where, cause I have people tell me all the time, like I can't have a dirt bike unless it is street legal. And so I'm like, well, I'll probably go with a, with some sort of a four stroke in that case, you know? And, and then also if you're, if you're only going to be riding in a motocross track and you're a 30 year old man or a 40 year old man or whatever, or even a 25 year old realist who knows <laughs> they're not going to, they're probably not going to win like any motocross races and make any money racing or anything. Um, and you're just doing this for the fun of it. You know, maybe a two fifty four stroke would probably be the best way to go. Um, and you might say, Hey, I'm, I'm a super lazy rider. So I'm going to have a 454 stroke and make my array around this motocross track or whatever. And that's totally cool. Like, I think if I was just riding in a motocross track, I'd probably have a 254 stroke. That's what I think I would have. 
you know, because the four strokes definitely offer some advantages. I, I get, um, I get a lot of people asking me about motocross stuff, which I think is weird because I don't do motocross riding, but still a ton of people still asking me questions. And I preface that by saying, look, dude, I don't really, I don't really know a ton about this stuff, but here's something, here's some things that I picked up on. You know, on the other hand though, you know, talking about only having one bike, if you want to, if you're the type of person that wants to ride the hard enduro style riding, you know, the technical rocky stuff, the wood stuff, you know, the tighter single track stuff, you know, the two strokes, uh, offer some real advantages, you know, um, one advantage is just, is just that they are lighter. They feel lighter even when you're riding them because there's a big difference between what they feel, what they, how much they weigh on the scale and then what they feel like on the trail. I've talked about that at length in a lot of the different YouTube videos that I've done. You know, the two strokes also have a ton of torque down low and they don't stall. And I still, I mean, they don't stall as easily is what I'm trying to say. I still meet people all the time, probably weekly on email when they are just befuddled by this whole, uh, you know, concept that the two stroke has torque. They're always, cause they're always kind of comparing their, uh, experience, their experience around or upon a two stroke stopped at like a, like a YZ 65 or an RM 65 or something. And of course that bike didn't have a ton of low end torque. And then they, then they moved on to, you know, some other four stroke bike and they just assume that the four strokes have more torque. And it's like, well, um, yeah, 454 stroke has a lot of torque and, and a 252 stroke has a lot of torque, but guess what? Um, there's, there's a difference between the torque that like pulls you up a jump face as you're getting into the meat of the power. And then there's the torque at the very bottom of the RPM range right before the bike stalls, you know? And so there's, there's that torque on a motocross track, which the four stroke is awesome for, but there's this other torque that I need when I'm riding technical single track mountain trails, enduro style stuff. I need the torque when it's right before the engine dies, right? So the RPM is down low. We're talking in the 2000 RPM range, and then they'll start to die. You get a, you get a dirt bike down around a thousand RPMs and they're going to die, right? And the, the, I mean, cause they, they're set to idle somewhere between 1800 and 2200 RPMs typically. Okay. And so on that four stroke, if it's, let's just use the round numbers, you know, that four stroke, it's idling at 2000 RPMs. You're going really slow. You're, you're, you know, you're feathering the clutch, you're, you're, um, you know, feathering the brake, feathering the clutch, doing all these things to try to get through a really tricky section. And now you're down around 2000 RPMs. Well, the four stroke is only firing 1000 times per minute. Even though the, the engine is going, you know, 2000 RPMs, it's only firing 1000 times in a minute. Whereas the two stroke is in that exact same situation is firing 2000 times a minute, you know, <laughs> because it's the power, the power stroke, the exhaust stroke is halfway, halfway through the power. I mean, as the piston is coming up, it's, it's forcing the exhaust out and then it gets into the compression stroke all in one. So it fires every time it comes up to the top, which gives it this unique low down torque and it doesn't stall because it's the piston is being fired back down with a combustion stroke every time it comes to the top. Whereas on the four stroke, it doesn't do that. So that's probably the biggest reason why the enduro bikes, most of the hard enduro bikes are two strokes. That's why the people ride them is because they don't stall as easily in those low RPM situations. And that's the type of stuff that really interests me, you know? Uh, it doesn't mean that I won't get into more, 
um, track riding later in life or something like that. But uh, over the last 10 years, I've been really drawn towards mountain single track, trail riding, uh, hard enduro style stuff. Some of it's really technical. Some of it's fast and flowing. You know, it's hard to show uh, some of the really technical stuff to everyone in the world because some of the time that technical stuff might be on a trail that isn't a trail or something. So, and that happens in our industry as everyone knows, and you just, we're not trying to beat up the land, uh, but we're, I'm not showing everything that I do to everyone. And so not all the writing, <laughs> that's the funny thing is people think that on my YouTube channel, they think they know everything that's happening. They think they know all the trails that I go on. They think they know everything that I do to my dirt bikes and every bike that I ride. And I'm like, only five to 10% of the things that I do that are related to dirt bikes ever make it to a public video, you know? So <laughs> just funny, but, um, yeah. So for me, the bike is going to be, if I'm only going to be able to have one bike, um, for me, it's going to be a two stroke. Uh, I, I talked about this in a video not too long ago. And it's one of the reasons is because I have more fun. I just have more fun. They speak to my soul more. I can, I can jive on, on the four strokes. And I, I mentioned on the, on that video that a lot of times when I'm riding a four stroke, I just feel like I'm overdressed. I feel like I'm dressed in a suit. Uh, I'm going to a beach party, but I'm dressed in a suit uh, that I would take to a board meeting. You know what I mean? And and I just kind of feel like I can have fun when I get to the party, but I'm overdressed the whole time. And that's just sort of how I feel when I'm riding a four stroke versus when I ride a two stroke, I feel like I'm dressed the part. I feel like I'm going to that same beach party, but I'm dressed in board shorts and a tank top and flip flops and I'm ready to have fun. That's just how I end up feeling when I'm riding, uh, the two strokes. And then there's those other advantages about them not stalling and, and torque down low where I need it feeling light, feeling agile, feeling nimble, you know? And yeah, I'll, I'll admit a lot of times the four strokes feel more stable especially if you're going out in the desert through the whoops or whatever, uh, the four strokes tend to feel more stable, but that also means that they don't feel quite as agile, generally speaking. So come down, if I'm going to have one bike, it comes down to either a 252 stroke or a 302 stroke. And now I've got to decide, let's just narrow it down to the manufacturer. So, um, you know, the KTM XC line is the obvious choice for me because um, of a number of things. KTM has all the pieces put together in one spot. They've got the high-end components in one spot. You know, they've got the gearing dialed down. I think they have the suspension nailed. Uh, but other manufacturers are getting very close, like Beta. Uh, Beta is getting extremely close, especially with their 2020 dirt bikes, which I I haven't been able to ride yet. I mean, I, I've ridden the uh, 200RR that they gave me. I rode it one time this week. I My, my pinky is, I broke it. Um, about four and a half weeks ago. And so I've at, at four weeks and one day, I decided to go out there and ride the beta 200. It's a 2020 beta 200 RR. Um, and my grip strength is still really low. And so I gave myself a blister on the thumb and whatever. So, um, I'm going to, I'm going to try to ride that one maybe again tomorrow. We'll just, we'll just kind of see, but I'm, I'm breaking myself back in slowly while this finger gets all the way, um, caught up or healed up. But the beta 250 and the beta 300 in 2020 are going to have counterbalanced motors, and so that brings them even one step closer to having all the pieces put together. Now I hope that the I hope the counterbalancer is awesome. I, I had one person tell me they rode one and they were underwhelmed. They thought it vibrated more than their KTM, but I I can't verify that. I'm gonna have to try that, and I'm excited. But 
as of right now, there's only one manufacturer that I think has all of their ducks lined up in a row for the pinnacle of dirt bikes, and that's KTM, and it would be the XC line of bikes. And honestly, you can get this stuff um, on any dirt bike, a 2017 KTM and up on the XC line, and I don't even care if it's I don't even care if it has carburetor or the or the TPI. Now that the XC is coming in the TPI, I could you could give me either one. I mean, obviously I want a kickstart or whatever, but um you know, like a 27 KTM 2017 KTM is counterbalanced. It's got electric start, it's got a hydraulic clutch, it's got a good range, a 2.6 gallon uh, you know, fuel tank on there. It's got highly, highly adjustable forks. It's the air uh, AER 48 forks, the air forks. I'll talk about that just a little bit more. There's a really balanced feel on the XC. It's stable yet. It's nimble. It's got equal spacing between the gears. And that is, that is just the thing. And, and a lot of people would be saying, well, Kyle, the, the perfect bike for you then would be a 2019 KTM 250 or 300 XC. And I'm not going to argue with you there on that one, because at least that one is a simple carburetor. Um, it's still got a backup Kickstarter. So it's got all of the things that I want and nothing that I don't want. And so, yeah, you're, you'd be right on that. And, and so I could, I could dig a, a 2019 KTM, um, 250 or 300 XC. And I could ride that bike for many, many years as my only bike. And, um, a few months ago before I got the 2020s, that's what I would have told you. You know, if, if, if I would have done this podcast or we would have had this conversation before I rode the 2020 KTM 350 XC TPI bikes, I would have told you, well, I would just do the the 2019 because it has, it still has the backup Kickstarter. It still has, um, you know, a carburetor. So it's super simple. I can tune it on the fly. Um, it's a little bit less expensive. That would be easy to say, but now having, having been able to ride, you know, the, the 2020 is for 40 hours and I haven't ridden them for even one minute since I did my 40 hour review here on this podcast a few weeks ago, because I've been waiting for my finger to heal up, but having ridden those 2020s for that amount of time, I can tell you the 2020s are a little bit better than the 2019s. I'm just talking about the way that the frame handles, the way that that chassis handles and the way that the suspension handles everything. They have made improvements. They're not drastic improvements, but they have made improvements. And so, you know, if people come to me and they say, Kyle, I've got a good, I can get like a thousand dollars off on a 2019 or I pay full price on the 2020, you know, KTM XC bike or whatever. I'm like, Hey, let's just save the thousand dollars. But if you're, if you don't have that option and it's, you know, it's like, Hey, I've got the 2020 and the 2019 is a couple hundred bucks less. I say, get the 2020, um, because it is better it's a little bit better. Now it, they dropped off the Kickstarter, which obviously I don't like. Um, but the 2020 is, uh, it's a little better, you know, and I've got writing buddies that will agree with me on that. So I'll take the 2019 or the 2020, um, the bike, you know, the, the way that they have them counterbalanced where they don't vibrate. You know, I was just riding that, um, I was just riding that beta just the other day and I only wrote, it was the beta 200 and I only wrote it for 1.1 or 1.2 engine hours, right? Cause I'm just slowly getting back into it. Didn't want to hurt my hand. I didn't have a lot of grip strength. And if I was just kind of out on the single track, um, I didn't notice the vibration. It's not bad. It doesn't vibrate bad. But then I had, I dropped off onto a dirt road to kind of do a transition and shorten the little loop that I was doing this little single track loop. And I spent about five minutes or so 
just kind of on a dirt road and a couple different dirt roads. And by the time I got back to the single track, my hands were starting to go a little bit numb. And when, and when I, and then I started paying attention to it. Once I, once my hands started to feel a little bit numb, which I haven't felt for quite a while, cause I haven't been riding a uncounterbalanced two stroke for a while. Then I noticed my feet were kind of getting a little itchy, you know, and I'm not saying it was a huge thing, but the counterbalanced thing is a, is a big deal to me. You know, um, it's a big deal. And that 200 vibrates more than any bike that I have. Right now I have a 2019 KTM 300XC WTPI. I have uh, a 2019 KTM 250XC carbureted bike. And then I've got two 2020s. So I've got four different KTMs that are all counterbalanced. And then I've got this beta. One of them is not like the other because one of them vibrates more and that can take a toll on you. I, I can tell you right now, I've been on a number of rides recently where we were gone away from the truck from anywhere from six to eight hours. The, the, the rides might've been three to four and a half or five engine hours. I don't want to be doing that on a bike that isn't counterbalanced anymore. Obviously I've got to have electric start. Um, that's huge. When, whenever we stop on the, on the hillsides, you know, if you are doing a hill climb or whatever, you get caught in a nasty situation, you tip the bike over in a nasty off a nasty, uh, root or tree or whatever, we find ourselves in, we find ourselves in some pretty precarious positions in places that I wouldn't have thought possible, uh, five, six years ago. And having electric start is so amazing when you get in those situations. So I, I don't want to go back to a bike that doesn't have electric start as much as I love the YZ 250 X's of the world. That sucker has got to have electric start before it is a legitimate contender for the type of riding that I'm doing now. And it's even more so now than when I did the review on that bike. When I did the review on that bike, I was riding some hard stuff, some nasty stuff, but not nearly as much as I am now. And so now if I was re if I was doing that review on the YZ 250X today, my biggest complaint would be no electric start. It just would because it, it, it can come back to bite me in so many times you know, a bike's got to have a 50 to 80 mile range, I think. And it just depends on the, on the terrain. And that's one place where the XC, or I mean, the TPI bikes are better. They get a little bit better fuel economy because they don't dump any out the overflows in the vents on a carburetor. And so the, the TPI bike is, is probably a little better on that. I mentioned that the air fork is, is awesome. The reason why I think it's awesome is because I can adjust the air pressure and I've started to run less and less pressure in these things. Um, and the less pressure I run in them, the more I like them. And then when, and then now that the temperatures are getting colder and we're going to be starting to move more out into the desert, I'm going to start running more air pressure than I did all summer long because the speeds will be higher. And so I will want more air pressure to absorb uh, to hold me up a little bit better and absorb some of the, you know, some of the faster speeds that we're going to be doing. And the, and the air fork gives me the ability to do that in a way that I can't do with a conventional spring fork. I've never had a problem with any of my air forks and none of my buddies have had a problem with the air fork, you know, like losing pressure or anything like that. The XC has this perfectly balanced feel. I can, it just feels like it's more stable to me than like an XCW. Um, but it's still nimble. And then the big, the, the other big reason why I would say the XC bike over the XCW bike, if it's just, if I'm only going to have one is because the equal spacing between the gears. So to some of you, it'll sound like a broken record. Cause you might've heard me say this a lot on, um, on YouTube videos, but I'm picking up a lot of people that are new, uh, new listeners. And so they haven't heard this before, 
the spacing between the gears is a huge thing with me. If you're going to ride a, you know, a motocross bike, like a YZ250 or a CRF450 or whatever, motocross bike is going to have five gears and they're going to be what we call a close ratio transmission. So the gears are closely spaced together and they do that purposely for racing purposes on a track. Works well on a track, obviously. If we're going to ride off-road, though, we're going to have some sections where it's tight and technical. We're going to have some sections where, you know, we need to transition between places. Even desert racers experience this a lot. So the off-road bikes will typically have six speeds, and then they'll either have a semi-close ratio transmission or a wide ratio transmission. So what's the difference there? Wide ratio transmission typically means you've got a really low first gear, a low first and second gear, and then the, and then the gears kind of space out after that, and your, your sixth gear is kind of like your overdrive to get in between places. Uh, and that would be like on an XCW bike or, or a WR in the Yamaha line. Um, think of a CRF, a Honda CRF 250 or 450X. I'm not sure if those have six speeds or not. I can't remember right off the top of my head. Um, but like Yamaha, the YZ250FX, that's a wide ratio transmission, six speeds, first gear is really low, and then, you know, it goes up from there. Then KTM has another line. They've got the XC line, which is with this semi-close ratio transmission. And the beauty of that transmission is everything is equally spaced, at least within reason, equally spaced. You know, so your first gear is a little bit lower than like a motocross bike would be, but it's not as low as what these wide ratio bikes would be. So that is awesome. And then second gear is equally spaced out. Second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, they're equally spaced out. And that is awesome. The problem that I end up having with the with these wide ratio transmissions is that first gear is too low. It's almost unusable. You, there's only a few times that you can use first gear on that bike because it's so low. And yeah, if you're in first gear and it's a super, super nasty section, first gear is, is pretty good problem is most of the times that I need first gear, the first gear is too low on a bike that's um, got that wide ratio transmission. I want it a little bit higher, which is what I get on the XC line. And then second gear is also a little bit too low. And so I'm, I'm wanting a little bit more speed out of second gear when I'm on a right wide ratio transmission. And then there's this big gap between second gear and third gear. And so you're, you shift out of second gear and now you're not going fast enough for third gear to pull it. And so I just find myself always in between, you know, second and third gear on those W bikes or those wide ratio transmission bikes. And there's nothing you can do to change that. People always talk about, oh, just adjust the gearing. You're not, uh, you're not addressing my problem, which my problem is the, is the spacing between the gears. So, um, yeah, that's why I like the XC is because it's got equal spacing between the gears. So you know, if I'm going to have one bike for me, it's going to be a KTM XC. Now you could do the same thing with the TX, uh, the, the Husqvarna TX line, because that's basically the same thing. The only problem there is for some unseen reason, uh, Husqvarna does not make a 250 TX or a TX 250, 300 TX, TX 300, it's TX 300. I'm having a brain fart. They don't make the TX 300 or they don't make the TX250 is what I'm trying to say. They only make, Husqvarna only makes the TX300. Um, and that kind of sucks because let's talk about the 250 for a little bit. Uh, the 250, KTM has a 250XC and a 250 and a 300XC and the bikes are identical except for the piston and the stroke. 
everything else on the 250 versus the 300 is identical. And, you know, I love my 300s. I love them. And you can kind of see where this is going. Um, I love my 300s because there are places um, that I I don't want to go unless I'm on a 300. You know, if, if the trail gets super nasty and it's a super technical place and I know it's just going to be slow and whatever, yeah, I, I will want to be on my 300, like a 300XE or the Husqvarna TX300. But I don't always ride slow stuff. And I love the way that the 250 feels. And I love the way the 250 makes me feel when I'm riding it in most of the situations. And since the 250 can do everything the 300 can do, and I can, this is proved out by looking at some of the best riders that I've ever ridden with. You know, obviously, if you look at Ayersberg or whatever, Graham Jarvis and uh, Cody Webb and, and all these guys that are placing, um, you know, Johnny Walker and, and, uh, Manny Lettenbickler and, and whoever else, Wade Young, these guys are all riding 302 strokes, you know, cause it gives them every advantage in some of these nasty races, but everything, you know, if you can do it on a two, if you can do it on a 300, you can also do it on a 250, the 250, you know, just makes me have to compensate just a teeny, teeny bit more like a fraction, uh, like a two percentage points more. Uh, on the clutch than I would on the 300, but I love the way it makes me feel. You know, the 250, I just love it. There is something about the way the power is delivered and the way the motor spins up and the free revving feeling of it. It's It just seems like it's a little bit more snappy. It's a little bit more playful. It's a little bit more smooth. And so if you're going to pin me down to only having one bike right now, it's going to be either a 2019 250 XC or a 2020 250 XC TPI. And I could take either, I could take either one. Uh, but that would be the bike that I would have if it was, if I could only ride one bike, it would be that one, 250 XC. And I hope that some of these other, you know, manufacturers can change my mind on that. Maybe a gas gas, um, XC 250. I think the XC comes before the numbers on the gas gas, the, maybe that bike is going to be amazing. It doesn't have counterbalance yet. At least I don't think, um, so that's going to be a problem with it. It's supposed to have really good forks, you know, triple S Kayaba forks on, on the front of that thing. A lot of people say, Hey, you, well, not a lot. There are some people, <laughs> there's at least one guy out there, one guy that says, um, <laughs> he says that you can't be, you're not a, you can't call yourself a two stroke fan until you have tried a, a TM designs, uh, two stroke. So maybe I need to, maybe I need to, you know, try one of those. Um, but I think I am a two stroke fan, even though I haven't ridden the, uh, the TM that, but that's, that's just, that's just me. So yeah, at this point I would take a, if I'm just going to have one bike, it's going to be a KTM 250 XC, you know, that's, that's what it's going to be. Now that doesn't mean, again, that doesn't mean that I don't love my 300s. Right now, currently, if you walk, if you walk out to my shop, there are an equal number of 250s and 300s out there. There's two 250s and there's two 300s. I don't always have that many bikes, but I just happen to have them right now. I'm going to be giving a 250 away and a 300 away here in uh, the sweepstakes that's coming up. If you have been living under a rock or whatever, um, starting on October 15th, I will be giving away, um, I'll be giving away a 2019 250 XC and a, what day is it? 
Holy cow, it is the 11th. My watch is wrong. I'll be giving away a 250XC, a 2019, and also a 2020 um, KTM 300XC TPI. So I'll be giving those bikes away, which is why I've got kind of a stash. And then I also have been trying to put more long-term hours on my 2019 KTM 300. So I don't normally have four KTMs. I just happen to have them right now. I don't want that many bikes. I'd rather only have two bikes. If I could only, if I could keep it down to where I only have two bikes, that would be the perfect number for me. Three gets a little bit crowded and four or five is just nuts. And that's kind of where I've been for a little while is with four bikes that I own. And then I've had, you know, a beta on loan to me. And then I swapped and got another beta on loan to me. And it's just too many. I can't ride them all. In fact, one of them is that technically one of them is at Sam's house and he's trying to put hours on the one bike for me because it's too many hours or I mean, it's too many bikes, too many bikes to be riding. But that would be, that would be my, um, that would be my answer for which bike I would ride if I could only have one, you know, and the crowd goes wild. I love, I need to use these, I need to use these drops more throughout the podcast, but I just get talking so much and I, I don't do it, you know, or maybe, maybe it would just be kind of dumb. So maybe I should just forget about the drops and, and keep going with, with the content, but that's what's going on. So um, this podcast is either coming out on the 11th or the 12th. I don't know. Cause I don't even know what day it is. My head, I have been down head down for the last two days straight, just doing video work for this upcoming sweepstakes to creating the videos, creating the, you know, the things that are, you know, the launch, uh, video and everything and do updating the website. And it's just been, I've been just stuck in my basement, uh, office. And then I decided to bust out of that and do a podcast episode. Um, on something that a lot of people had been asking me to do. So if I could only have one bike, um, KTM 250XC right now, and I don't care if it's 2019 or 2020, probably it's a 2020 just because it is a little bit better. But then I might get bit sometime when, I, when the freaking thing doesn't start on me. I haven't had that happen yet, but it's bound to happen at some point uh, where I'll want the uh, backup kick starter. Kick starter. So... We'll keep you posted on that. If you guys have, um, if you guys have suggestions for topics for me to cover on the podcast, I've got a bunch of them. I'm setting up a bunch of interviews. If if you've noticed, the last four or five podcasts in a row have uh, featured a guest on here. So we've had a bunch of different guests, um, and I plan on doing a mix of that and a mix of what I've just done today, which is just kind of me rambling on. Obviously, most of the time, if it's just going to be me rambling on, the podcast episodes are going to be a little bit shorter. Um, But if I've got a guest here, they're going to be a little bit longer because we've got cool things to talk about with with the different guests. Hopefully, you guys have enjoyed that uh, with the guests that we've had on, and I will be doing more of that. So email me, kyle at dirtbikechannel.com. If you're a real person and you're not just trying to sell me something, I respond to every email that gets sent in there. Sometimes it, uh, sometimes I respond to you in an hour or less, and sometimes it takes me two days or three days because of you know maybe I'm out of town or I'm on vacation or something else is going on. Uh, but I do respond to all emails. I don't respond to all social media requests because I get so many of them. But I am getting better about answering uh, DMs from Instagram and uh, um, whatever it is on Facebook. You know, <laughs> direct messages on Facebook. I don't know. As, as much as I'm using social media to like, you know, get some of the word out there, you would think I would be more of a social media pro, but I, I don't, I'm not, I, I don't sit there and spend a ton of time on it. So there's a lot more people that are a lot better off every time, not every time, but a lot of times I'll go to my wife, you know, with like holding my phone in my hand. And I'm like, 
and Instagram is open. And I'm like, how do I do this again, honey? Like, what do I need to do to do this thing on Instagram? You know, because uh, I feel like she spends a lot more time on there than I do. I'm only on there to do a post and then respond to a couple people. And I almost invariably, when, when I start responding to people, I regret it, you know, on, on social media. But I respond to you if you send me an email. Um, so, like I said, Kyle at dirtbikechannel.com is my email address. And let's talk about it there. If you got a podcast suggestion or if you just have a question or whatever, reach out to me and let's get it figured out. So until next time, uh, keep the rubber side down and uh, hope you enjoy these podcasts.